Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On. All right, we're back. This is Curtis Campbell. Super excited to be here and joined by a couple of my friends, the usual suspects, Mike Tippett and Chuck Keeler. Yeah, I think we've got a really good topic for today. And so we've done something a little bit differently recently where each of us has kind of picked something we're really passionate about. And so in some recent searching, I found an article, or I think it's more of a, a report, if you will, talking about something that's really hot in retail, or it has been hot over the last about 18 months, but it's pretty hot now. It's this concept of BOPIS, buy online, pick up in store. So I want to kick off the discussion and just pose out the question, what is your guys' understanding of BOPIS? For me, it's I'm online, I'm ordering what I want to order, and I am going to the store to pick it up. And for me personally, pick it up means I pull into a spot and an associate brings it out to my car. Okay. I do this a lot with Best Buy because when I go into Best Buy, I end up browsing for an hour and a half and end up spending a lot of money. But if I could go on my phone and just get what I need to and then go pick it up in person, it's a real quick shopping experience. It's a good shopping experience. And I, I spend more time at home doing the actual browsing. Yeah. So, Tip, your example of pulling into a parking spot to pick up something, that's obviously pretty in line with grocery. And that's been a really big trend as of late in grocery. Have you ever done something like where you've bought something online at Target or Walmart or something like that? Yeah, I did do a, a more, uh, you know, a traditional retail, not grocery, and walked in and, and got it from the particular counter. But I have to say, and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a minute because the article talks about the study they did focusing on where you did have to go in. But I've, I've got to be honest, I prefer them to bring it to my car. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, Me too. I, it, Ideally, yeah. It's almost like I'm not doing the online part if I have to walk into the store. How common is that, though? Is it is beyond grocery? Is it happening? It's very, it, the only other industry that we've noticed based on research that really has taken off of this thing is fast casual dining. So, you know, you can go to Chili's, order you can online, go yeah, or online. In the spot. Yeah, I mean, you can even do that with Denny's. I mean, I don't know if I really would, but, you know, you can <laughs> do that with, with even a restaurant where I'm going to order my chips and salsa, my, my quesadillas and stuff like that from a, you know, local joint. And there's designated parking spots in the front of the store or the front of a restaurant where it's curbside pickup. So Chili's to go, for example. Yeah. You get the Chili's food, hot, ready, but you, they bring it out to your car. Correct. No, I like that. So this report, and just to offer the credit to where it's due, this report was done in conjunction with some secret shoppers with IHL Group, Bell Howell, and Order Dynamics Research. So it's a really good report. It was written earlier this year. And so there's some really key statistics. And so, Tip, I love your examples. Unfortunately, this report kind of doesn't focus on the grocery side of things. Mm -hmm. um, it focuses more on the retail. So we want to, uh, some of this data, for those who are more grocery-minded, might challenge the points we're going to make. But... Back in the holiday season, back in 2018, between the months of October and December, which is typically the most busy months of retail, the report very clearly states that you know retail sales as well as online sales were up about 5.2% and, and online about 18%. The real surprising number is how fast this whole concept of BOPIS grew, BOPIS or, or whatever we want to call it, but BOPIS grew. And that was a number that went up over 46%. And they were able to generate this thing because IHL and Bell Howell Order, Dynam uh, Order Dynamics, they sent out 300 secret shoppers to go experience the whole concept of secret shopping, to experience BOPIS firsthand. So in theory, and what they learned right out of the gate is that when people first experience BOPIS, 
they really, really like it. You know, on a scale of one to five, they typically rated it like 4.4, 4.5 out of five. But there's huge disparities across retailers because a lot of these retailers, they really like the idea and sometimes they roll it out because their competitors are doing it, but they fail to execute it on the store level. They're not fully committed to the right. experience. Right. So I think that's where we want to take this discussion is talking about the store experience, but some of the key findings leading up to that. Well, and I, I think it's like many things. I don't know that it's necessarily that they're not fully committed. It's that they don't know what they don't know. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, let the app order. Let the app send the order to the closest store or the store that the consumer picks and have the associate grab it up. Okay. But then as we learned at reading through this report, the biggest frustration was that coordination of when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the, the BOPUS that I have done, when I go into the app, I make my selections and then it says, when would you like to pick it up? And it gives me windows of time and it never offers me a window of time that's right now. Sure. You know, it's it's it invariably it's at least four to six hours in the future. Frequently, it's tomorrow. We're not doing this after whatever time they've chosen. And I think I think that's a good thing. Personally, especially after reading this article, there were comments about uh, it said, OK, you will notify you when your order's ready. And the notification comes. And I think they were saying something about within four hours was pretty acceptable. If yep. you didn't get notification until five or six hours later, that that really had a negative effect. Yeah, it definitely did. In fact, there was some hard data in there. They said that anytime if you buy something online to go pick up it in store, and if that window of time takes longer than four hours, it's an almost instant 20% decrease in customer satisfaction with the process. And that to me is huge, right? If your store is not able to deliver on a, a buy online pick up in store, especially if it's something that's in stock, that's a big problem, and I, I think this report substantiates it. Another thing to kind of align with what you just said is inadequate staffing. There's a key thing in there that talks about there's almost every single area in the country has retail stores that offer buy online pickup in store. Everything from grocery to your points earlier tip and to big box retail and to specialty electronics like your example, Chuck. But different regions of the country, they actually felt that it all came down to inadequate staffing in addition to how long it took to pull the orders. So like areas of the West Coast where there's maybe not as much of a labor shortage and areas of the East Coast where there may be more of a labor shortage, but they felt like if they walk up to the counter after having gotten that notification that something's ready, even if it's not, but if they've walked up to that counter and there's somebody's not staffing that desk, again, that's a huge detractor. Well, and they talked about an example is there's a person assigned to staff that desk. They happen to have stepped in the back to pull together the next order as the customer walked up. Perception is reality, and the perception is the desk isn't staffed. Yep. Right, and that's a frustration point. Now, my experience has been that if it's combined with other services and it's that one staff member or the two employees, very little help is there. If it's combined with returns and other things that are happening, I might be in a line behind people who have completely different, they're not there just to pick up. They're there to return things and they have complaints and they have, you know, it's general customer service. That's when I choose not to return to do BOPIS at that location. If it's a specific window or desk you go up to for pickup, you show them your phone and they hand you the bag, the merchandise, that is a great experience. So I think we're going to see, hopefully, more and more uh, people dedicating a specific amount of help, a specific spot. Well, I'll tell you, follow follow up on there, and there's a little bit in this article, 
a business that is forming in support of BOPUS is these online pickup lockers. Yeah. Yes. I mean, literally, there's a company out there, they named them in the article, that is their business is they create these pickup lockers that you put somewhere in your store. And what the secret shoppers reported back was, as long as that's in a consistent place in every store of that brand, right? Mm -hmm. Don't make it in the back and some and in the front and others. It's you walk in and you know you're going to this spot, wherever it is. I'm going there, the lockers, you know, one of the pizza chains yeah. kind of has just that right that now. You know, you can open yeah, the pizza. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was very, very interesting because that's a sub-industry coming up in support of this broader. Yeah, and to your point exactly, I don't want to take us down a different path, but retail is not alone in this whole concept of agility, speed, your time is valuable, I want my stuff now. I mean, I used that pizza thing just last weekend, and it was great because I walk into the store and there's no joke, eight or nine people in the line to order something. And I walked in, punched in the three digit code that I got on my phone and then grabbed my pizza and walked out. And I kind of like, I no joke was like one of those flight attendants that used to look at you down when you're sitting in economy after they teach the people in first class. <laughs> I felt like I was a, a more were... sophisticated customer buying a $5 pizza. It's very elitist of yeah, you. Very please. elitist of me. <laughs> and so, but it was amazing because I walked in, I walked right back out and I was back in my car within 30 seconds with hot pizza that I'd ordered. So I love the point of having it be in a common place because if I walk into, you know, a big box retail of some kind and I want to go find the area, nothing would be more frustrating than going to that same area only to find out that it's now on the other side of the store. We're not going to talk about names, and there, but there are retailers that put that online pickup area at the back of the store. And that's a marketing decision in and of itself, right? Because I might see something that I need on the way back there. And they may get incremental sales as a result of having it all the way back there. But I think they're now having to understand that that's not a good way to handle it because now you're just going to piss a bunch of people off. Yeah. Part of that may be that it's it's very early on and the next, the next store model might include a better location up front. And maybe it's something they're just trying out. Is this going to catch on and people are going to do this? The other thing that they point out in here, which it turns out I'm the exact opposite of, but they say that the majority prefer a desktop or laptop oh, I know. Yeah. browser version versus, you know, smartphone, and that they prefer just routine browser compared to the branded app. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that is there was a key in there that I honestly am also a little bit leery of as a cu- customer is when you, like, for example, uh, just a specific retailer that I shop at frequently, they have a mobile app, right? And they have this thing where if I, I can literally scan a QR code off my phone and it automatically hits that credit card, right? In theory, genius, but if you think about it, it's really annoying, and some people are actually really scared of the fact of having, they have to store my credit card number in that app. And so if they have a data breach, I'm that much more susceptible, so people are that much more leery, right? So they would much rather safely go to a website on their home network and get a similar experience like the app on their mobile experience to be able to add their credit card. Yeah, and I found that very interesting. I mean, the the article says 77%, so three-quarters of the people that they worked with didn't want to use the retailer's mobile app. And the number one reason was exactly what you just said. So what they're saying is, I store my credit card number in my browser on my computer. And when I shop your your store, your product, your, your, your establishment, I can use the credit card store in my browser, but I haven't added another place, meaning your branded app. I can respect that. 
I consider the security of my credit card their cost of doing business. It's critical to them. I believe that it is. And touch wood, I haven't ever been affected by a credit card breach at a, at a uh, place where I do business. Let's hope that this problem isn't a problem in five years or four, three, two years. Apple Pay, for example, and other people that are trying to replicate the, the system, the idea would be that the credit card information is not stored locally on a device. It's not stored at the retailer. It's got a, uh, what are they, confirmation? A, they have a way to where basically instead of checking the credit card number and expiration date, et cetera, they're verifying with the bank or with the who, the cardholder, the, the, whoever. They're verifying somewhere that this transaction is okay. They give the thumbs up and none of that information is stored anywhere. So if there is a breach, those people are not at risk of a theft, the identity theft. Yeah. This is also kind of brings up a different topic too, but all in the same line is I think it's critical at this point with these mobile apps, if you are going to dedicate a bunch of resources into it or into an online experience, they kind of, they talked about which retailers are winning in each environment, whether it's a full browser version or a tablet or just a pure mobile experience. And there was almost no uniformity between which retailers were winning. I think there was only one that was in the top five of all three. And that to me is surprising. But then again, it also makes me think perhaps those retailers are so good at knowing their customers. They know that, hey, we know that 90% of our shoppers are middle-aged, either work-at-home moms or stay-at-home moms or working professional moms. And they, we therefore know that they're going to be, anytime they get, is going to be on their phone, right? Because they don't have time to sit down with all the things that are going on. They don't have time to sit down. Uh, at a computer and browse through a company's website for, you know, back to school shopping. And I know that's very true because I looked at what my wife was doing recently and there was a retailer that was having a big anniversary sale recently. She never once sat down at the computer, never once. She did it all on her phone. And not only did she do it all on her phone, she picked the store that each of the items were available at and literally picked up all of my kids' school shopping recently within an hour and a half of each other. So my question is, what is a retailer doing with that information of mobile versus desktop are they are they trying to persuade their customers to use one or the other is it are they trying to see which one brings in more revenue per purchase i'm just curious cuz i don't i'm not really yeah, sure my, the answer my gut my gut says that they have begun to figure out based on analytics which ones work best and therefore dumping the most amount of resources into it so if the the full browser the full desktop browser is a better shopping experience and people end up buying more they might want to they want to make that experience the best. Okay. Or they, if, might, or they might want to say, hey, we need to up our game in the mobile experience because it's not performing as well, Right. for example. So the conversation at this point, I think we want to kind of talk about the state of the industry. You know, what are retailers doing well? So one, we've spent a good portion of this podcast talking about the mobile experience. We know that a lot of commerce happens on a mobile experience. But there's other key areas that I think it focuses on this whole store level execution, because that's kind of the theme that we saw recurring through this whole thing, is aside from the fact that more business is being done on mobile devices, it's that these retailers are trying to make this BOPIS concept more convenient. And one of the areas they talked about was items marked for store pickup, right? So as items are are you know, gone and picked from the floor by a store associate and then brought back in, they are clearly marked so that they cannot be confused with items that are for sale to everyone else. They're items that have already been pulled and set apart so that 
when I do walk into the store, when I do get that notification that my dumbs are ready, they can quickly go grab that bag, hand it to me, and I walk out. So my whole interaction, yes, it's somewhat limited and it's somewhat impersonal, but I get what I want when I want it, and I get it now. And that's what they're doing well, the report says, right? Correct. So that's one of the things retailers are succeeding at already. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned something. This is the other area that they're doing well, is that, and retailers are starting to do this, is you mentioned... When you walk into a store to go pick up something you bought online, but you're jammed into the same queue as those that are returning something, you may have a, a stay-at-home parent who has a whole bunch of returns, and you're there to pick up one thing. And I see my bag up on the shelf. Right. I can't get to it until it's my turn in line. So that weight is the most painful thing in the world, and that's going to diminish your experience. And so the concept of these designated pickup areas you know, where instead of one customer service line, maybe it's a different side of the desk. Again, multiple retailers are doing this all over the place and, and other service providers are as well. So, but it's, retailers are getting the highest marks when they get this area right, when they do this designated pickup area right. So going back to the grocery thing, I know that this report doesn't specifically talk about grocery uh, much, but maybe could it be that the retailers of the world are going to take note of what grocery is doing well and say, okay, they're, they've proven the model. They've proven the model of we go out to your car, we hand it to you. You don't have to get out of your car. Instead of a, a designated window on the inside of the store, or in addition to that, you would have 20 stalls or 10 stalls uh, in the parking lot right up by the door. And you've got runners bringing this stuff to you. Do you are we going to see more of that? I mean, I would, I would hope so. But the point here in the, in the document is that if you designate a specific area to pick up, whether that be in the car out front or that it be inside and in at a window, that's that's something that they're doing well. That's something that we're seeing. It's a success we've right. seen. And we do notice, too, some retailers have done this and other stores within that same brand have not done it. There's a huge detractor in the experience. So let's change gears, right? So we're, we've talked about what they're doing well, the mobile experience. They have items that are marked up or set, set aside for store pickup, and then they have that designated pickup areas. Let's talk about where this report talks about retailers needing to approve, and that is the ability to walk into a store and actually have your order ready. What do you guys think? So we're talking about notifications. Like it, it says it's ready, but then you go in and it's not ready? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's no good. The only thing worse than that is I get back out to my car or get home and realize it wasn't right. Yep. They added something or forgot something that I didn't specify. That that to me, I mean, that goes all the way back to fast food drive throughs right? You, right. You pull away and then you realize it wasn't right. So that that's very, very frustrating to me. And um, I think all of that boils down to a committed and engaged workforce, one that wants your brand to be the top top tier brand so they're going to make sure that they double and triple check the orders to make sure that the customer got what they expected the report does clearly state that when a customer walks into a store and their red order is not ready for them especially after they got that notification there is a huge impact on customer satisfaction and I think some of the grocers that have tried this and again not because this report talks about grocery but the grocers that have compensated for this is I fill out an order. It tells me it's being submitted. It tells me it's now available for pickup or I chose the pickup window. I go there and let's say I ordered boneless chicken that was $1.99 and they realize they're out of the chicken, right? So instead of a rain check, they just adjusted my total down for that and they let me know about that. Okay. So now I know that my order is still ready, 
but I didn't pay for the chicken, so it's not like I'm getting shorted. So I think that's something to consider as well. So the report says that only 76% of the time, a customer arrived at the store to have their items ready for them to pick up. 76 is a, is a pretty high number, but I guess when you flip it and say 24% of the time, that's a fourth of the time, the item was not ready for pickup. And then you've got to ask yourself, why even bother? What's the point of all of this? I could have not bothered to go on my phone, on the browser, make all that effort, and I could have just gone to the store and walked back to that aisle and found this product. So 24%. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, I I think that number is pretty troubling, honestly. One-fourth of the time, the, the item is not ready for pickup when the notification said it was. That's a breakdown in training because, honestly, if the system gets marked done, if I've checked off all of the uh, items that I was told this, this consumer wants and I punch ready for pickup or, you know, done – but I haven't gotten the right ones or haven't got it all. That's just a QA and a, and a training thing because that system wouldn't notify me that it was ready if it wasn't triggered by an action inside the stores. I agree with you. It's concerning, but I think it's very, very fixable. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, we're towards the tail end of the agenda for this, uh, for this podcast. One of the key things that I drew out of the end of this report was this concept of the best BOPIS experiences start and finish with the execution at the store level. And I think we've talked about that pretty intensely over this discussion. And it really comes down to retailers consistently struggle to schedule both engaged and knowledgeable staff at stores that are offering this service. And so I think that's where, to me, the big shining star, the big light bulb out of this discussion should be that retailers should focus on that because they can go out and outsource software to be written till the cows come home, right? But if there's no one at the store level to execute it on it, or if there are people at the store level to execute on it and they don't know how to execute on it, that's to me a huge problem. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think one of the things that we're finding here is that we're coming full circle. When my parents were first married and so forth, everywhere you went, you had employees running up to do service. It was just you full know, service, full service, yeah. everything, right? You know, gas stations and stores and everywhere. They bagged your groceries and they did all these things that are that went away for a long time in the interest of savings and cheaper prices, you know, bag your own groceries, box your own groceries, fill your own gas tank. But I think we're starting to see that come back around. Now, in this age, we're able to use automation to help improve that, right? We're letting you decide what you want to buy, and then we'll go grab it for you. But I, the thing that I like is that I believe it's going to require good customer service and labor. So it, it's going to create jobs. I think they're going to have to be jobs that you have to pay attention. You have to be a little bit educated. You have to care about. And, and so good people will have good employment. And that the smart retailers will say, it's worth it, I'll make the experience worth it, and I'll have a premium price for it. All right, we've had a really good discussion, guys. I, I know we could probably talk for several more hours on this concept of BOPIS and how it's working, how it's not, and how retailers can leverage it and do better. And so we'll welcome your subscription to the podcast and obviously be sure to tune into future episodes because we will most likely carry this conversation moving forward. But thanks again for joining us. Have a great day. 